Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's go, Ricky Rowe. Let's go, Ricky Rowe. Let's go. Bobby's here today and he has new like ways of introducing our show. Thanks, Bobby. It took him about a week and a half to recover. Who, I mean. Bobby got sent, he was in the like uh you know the baseball reference, he had a cup of coffee and then he went back down to the minors. I know, yeah, we just sent them down. He we got sent him down, but I think we DFA'd him too. <laughs> he cleared waivers and everything. You know. That's our baseball oh. talk. Uh, it's another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. I'm not even going to edit that out. Leave that in there, Bobby. Um, Ricky, how have you been? Everything good? Good, good. yeah. All right. well, a lot of great reviews on our podcast because people love you. I told you that. They're going to love you more and more and more. Today's guest, I'm throwing a name at you, John Schneider. Where did you see him? How do you know him? Well, he was my teammate. and Where? He was my teammate in High A, Dunedin, Florida, Double uh, A, the Fisher Cats. And um, he pretty much saw the evolution of, of myself. A little bit like PJ, what PJ Pelletieri meant to me in college, John Schneider meant to me in the minors. Uh, and I say that with the most respect because he was the type of guy who, from day one, he saw my stuff. The good my, stuff. My good stuff. Okay. But I don't think I saw my good stuff. It was ah. one of those where we talked about it with PJ, too. He's like... When Ricky realized in college how good he can be, he took off. Okay. Well, when you get to pro ball, it's a whole different animal. And I struggled for, for, for a few years in double A, and we've talked about this before. And Schneider saw most of it. And he so was Schneider the saw the good and the bad? He, yeah. Well, he saw kind of – he started seeing the, the rise. Um, Schneider was always, you know, high A, double A, triple A. He was then, there with you? Yeah. Okay. And, and not in triple A, though. But like in, when, in the very beginning of the, Ricky in the beginning, at yeah. a Fullerton. And um, a lot of times he was assigned my catcher. And and it was they just wanted a veteran guy. He had been part of the organization for a while. And they he kind of led the way. And he'd always say, Ricky, when you realize how good your shit is, this is when you're going to take off. So was he there when you called your dad and said you wanted to quit? Probably, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure he was. Yeah, I never said really said anything to my teammates about that. But inside me, yeah, I mean, I wanted to go home because I was getting tired of getting my ass kicked. And, uh, and he saw it. He saw all, most of it. And, uh, uh, but, you know, one thing, he always, he always made me believe in myself. And, and we were always maintain a good relationship. And he obviously got done playing and then turned into coaching and had to go back down through the minor league levels and work his way up and it's a great story because 
now he's in the big leagues with the with the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, one organization just did it as a player, is doing it as a coach, and I've always said, I mean, his his mind just works differently. He's a catcher, he's a leader, and I'm glad, I'm really happy that he's at that level now. Where he's, he's on able, the showbird. He's on the showbird. He's on the man. showbird. Not me. That's it. Not me. That's I know me. you guys asked me yesterday. They're like, "Hey, are you back? Are you?" These guys were asking me if I was coming back on the showbird. And no, I was like, we don't nah. even valet anymore, right? We, <laughs> no, we, we don't. We, we get, uh, yeah, we're off to the we're side over here. We're in the yeah. parking garage. Now, the reason yeah, he's on and people are like, well, how come you didn't get other members of the Blue Jays? Well, one, we didn't want them. Because <laughs> well, by we, I meant me. Uh, because we can go and get, you know, Strowman's and Sanchez and all the big names with the Blue Jays, but there's certain people that just make a connection. The name of the podcast is Let's Go Ricky Rowe. You know those guys. Well, yeah. But you told me from the get-go, when, the reason we had uh, Scott Richmond on the first episode, and you're going to have uh, uh, Schneids today, as you call him. I call him Schneids. I haven't yeah. even met the guy, but I call yeah. him Schneids. <laughs> I feel, because I feel like I know him, and people might be listening to the podcast like, well, wait a minute. Well, how come the big name? This isn't about the big name that we have on the podcast. Yeah, we've it's said about that the all people along. and the journey and the story that they have. And this is a teammate of yours that you awesome wanted story. right away. I mean, because it's, it's Why easy. Why him? Well, it's easy for him to have been like, all right, I'm done playing. Fuck this. I'm out. Like a but lot of people do. He wanted, he had so much knowledge of the game that I think he did it the right way. He obviously stayed in the system. And I'm sure there was a lot of bumps along the way. I'm sure there was a lot of times where he was like, I'm done coaching. I'm out of here. This, this ain't for me. But he stuck with it, stuck with it, stuck with it. And now, like I said, he's in the big leagues. He's in the big show. He's wearing a big league jersey, looking like a, sh- like a show guy. Like a show um, guy. That's how you know, bad always, look like a show guy. He, he, he always, uh, it's funny because he has a nickname for me. We, like from the first day he met me, he always called me Rook. So Rook. Rook, yeah. So we every time we see each other, it's like, hey, Rook, how you doing? So, so now I call him Rook because he's the Rook in the Married big leagues. Married with kids, he's calling you Rook. Let's bring him <laughs> in right now. John Schneider is our guest on the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. Uh, Schneider, can I call you that? Yeah, perfect. All right, perfect. All right, forget John, forget Schneider, uh, not even Coach Schneider. Why do you call him Rook? I think when I met him, it was this kid who got how much money did you get out of the draft? Two point seven million dollars. <laughs> not that like, you knew. Oh, and yeah, they gave me a hard time about it, man. They gave me a hard time. So you were already in time. the organization. Yeah, I was there for a couple of years. And then um, yeah, some punk little Mexican kid. Some shows punk up little kid with a couple mil, and we were like, "What's up, rookie?" And it, it kind of you know went with Ricky, rookie. So we kind of just went with Rook, and it, it stuck. And I'm, I'm telling you, when I I got to high A with these guys, and he was he had just been in double A, being sent back down too high a so he was pissed and i remember guys used to call him jack parkman from uh from major (laughs) league oh there you were him yeah Yeah, that was me but But i couldn't hit like him yeah he couldn't hit like him but he 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 had every he always looked fresh he always had the show Bobby Estalea style oh remember that no not that i wasn't that good (laughs) oh okay no 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 no. he was on another level show shoes he always had the wristbands. He hey, always looked good. Hey, look yeah. good, play good. Yeah. Well, that's that was the plan. I had the first part down, but the second part was always hit or miss. So when Ricky shows up, you guys know he's got a couple million. This before the internet really was big. So you guys were like, all right, you're thinking we're going to Fridays, we're going to Sizzler. What are we doing? Where's he going to take us? To Applebee's. Eat, right? Applebee's was a big spot. It was more like, all right, what's this dude about? You know, it's like here's this kid who coming out of Fullerton, you know, tons of money. And Did we're you guys like, know about him though? Yeah, of course. Okay. We saw College World Series. I think we saw him punching a wall in college on TV or something. We were like, we got this fucking guy. <laughs> but. You remember that? Didn't you do that in the College World Series? I, no, I you think did I, it somewhere. I think I did it. You did in the minors in, too, I think. In ju- or my junior year when we got eliminated by ASU, and I think I was punching the bench because we lost. I think that's what that, it was. And, and then I we think took it was all over TV. Overall. 
And so this kid's coming into our team. We're like, wow, this is this is our savior. This is our dude. Greg, <laughs> our beat you up. Yeah. Wow, the name of the podcast, our savior. Our savior, Ricky Rowe. <laughs> but we just want to know what he was about. You know, like um, to me, that's the big. That's the coolest part about the minor leagues is you're meeting people and you're getting to know where they're from and what kind of makes them tick. Um, building relationships like this that go on for years. Um, so we were just excited to kind of see what he was about, and then we just started, you know, getting them, get on, uh, getting all over him. So did he take you to Applebee's? He probably did at some point. Well, these guys, the funny thing is these guys would invite me out to go have drinks, but I was 20 years old when I got to, to high. I only spent two weeks in, in, in short season, and so they would always give me shit about that. You know, oh, you're oh this so young ass. kid skipped low A, never play, <laughs> and now he's here. It's and not my I, fault. And, and if you remember, those Dunedin teams were veteran guys. It was a weird A-ball team. Yeah, they were like was, 26 years old. Yeah. The They're not supposed to be there. No, it should be. A-ball you, is for people who are 21, right. college, yeah. right. on their way. And but not, slap, slap dicks like me, they were like 25. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were one of them. <laughs> I was one of them. But I wasn't 26. I may have been 25. You can win a car. I think I remember the first week I was there, maybe the first few days, you got sent down and you hit a walk-off yeah i did you remember that yeah i was i was against like a 17 year old probably but <laughs> <laughs> no but and I, you and you pimped the shit out of it yes, too in yes, front of the in front of all 12 fans. people because <laughs> there's nobody there the right? florida state no. league no, has no, maybe like 10 fans max because everybody's retired they're not it's going too to late game. and it's too hot and yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's fucking it's crazy so let me hot. just paint the picture for the people who don't know the minor league life the a-balls you mentioned is the college kids the prospects and if you're somebody like you, Schneider, who's 25, usually those guys are bitter as hell and holding on. Not you, but there are guys yeah. who are just like, fuck this. I don't belong here. I should be higher this. I do that. So you have this hot shot rising kid come in from just from what I've seen on TV. They treat him really bad, right? On purpose. Like they try to haze him and try to do all that other stuff. I think they're kind of just feeling them out a little bit where like for me that year I was in triple A, double A, high oh, A, back and forth. I was I was That's that not good. No, it was awful, but I was that guy for the organization where they could put him anywhere, catch, trust him, we don't care what you hit, and we're kinda of just gonna plug in wherever we need you. You so, need your role. Yeah, and I kinda of got to, I was at that point and I was like, All right, cool, I get it. Um, so met him in A ball and he was there and it's it's so funny because it's like to him, it's like, oh, you know, just drafted and baseball's great and I'm rich. <laughs> then you get a guy like me, it's like, just got off a freaking connecting flight from Buffalo. <laughs> I'm in fucking A ball. It's fucking hot. And I got to catch this kid. I got to get him through five innings. This is great. Sweet. This is nice uh, life. Is this kind of major league ish? I mean, like, where, like, not, not the Indians where they were trying to lose our price. No, it was a little bit uh, a Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Crash Davis. Bull Durham. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Crash Davis, yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. like, I think it was, okay, I could catch. Like, I could, I'll give myself some credit. He, he I could, could catch, catch the shit out of it. I could throw. 100%. I could call a game. I could. The game was easy. It was slow for me that way behind the plate. It was fast for me at the plate. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming the Blue Jays are saying, all right, let's get this dude to walk our, our prospect through five. He's going to go over four anyway, so let's not let him worry about it. So <laughs> I was kind of the guy. You know? So you so were Crash Davidson for Ricky. A little bit. that Ricky wasn't as crazy as Nuke Lelouch. Uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but you were the same thing, like, fuck this fucking game. I'm done. I'm, at I'm, times, yeah, it was brutal. You know, it was just like, man, I, I wish know, I had more know, of a chance. If I played every day, I'd be like big you know, You know what the funny thing is, though, like with our guests? It's pretty similar that they say the same thing. I I thought I was done after a certain a certain point, and you get to that point where it's just like, baseball is not the fun game that you grew up playing. It just becomes one of those things where you're just like, fuck, I'm sick of struggling. You know, I'm sick of going home, staring at the wall, and wondering, how am I gonna get through the next outing? How am I gonna get through the next day at the dish? All that stuff goes through ball players' heads, 
And it's not just easy, smooth sailing into the big leagues. You know, when you get there or even in the minors, whatever it is, it's it's different. And it's just one of those things where I feel like every ball player goes through it. We have a lot of people that listen to the podcast now, because, you know, we're super famous, world famous, let's go to a podcast, uh, that are have kids that are playing travel ball or who is like they're investing in their eight-year-old because he's the best eight-year-old in all the state of Utah, right? right? You know, they're <laughs> going to they're be the best ever. Uh, when you think about these kids, when you were growing up, where'd you grow up? In New Jersey, Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Did you ever it's think near Princeton. That, the near Princeton, near also Princeton, your Ivy yeah. League guy, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when North you Bergen. were growing up, did you say, hey, I want to be a pro baseball player? Actually, yes, which is funny. You might be the first guest that we have that says yeah. that. I actually said it, yeah, and I, I played other sports. I played basketball and soccer and stuff, but I knew, like, all right, I want to be somehow in professional baseball. And I was, uh, my parents were looking at me like, all right, I was a little fat kid, and, and they were like, you You're husky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, it, and it kind of, you know, I got better, I got better, I got better. And then finally it was like, okay, I got a chance, went to college, okay, went to the Cape, all right, went, and there I was. So it was something that I always wanted to do. And it's something, baseball is just something that I kind of can't live without. Okay. Like my wife gives me shit now for coming home from a game and turning on a game on the West Coast. That's what you do. You know, that's kind of what I do. I, I need to know what's going on okay, all the time. Now, the reason I was asking this is so take you to that year where you meet Ricky, you're 25 and you're an A ball. Did you still have that love for the game? A hundred percent. Really? Yeah. It was the, the which cool could have been lost a lot. I know. And there were, and there were definitely days like Rick said, where you're just like, fuck it. I'm, I'm done, you know, but the, the clubhouse stuff, you know, just, you know, the, the relationships that you have going in there every day, uh, the stories that you could tell from the night before, um, those things to me were the most fun. You know, what are you going to do on the bus? What are you going to do at a, you know, at a restaurant or a bar after a game or something like that? Um, to me, I didn't want to give that up. You know, that part of it was was pretty special to me, um, which is why you know I feel very fortunate to kind of continue to do it in the co- at the coaching capacity. It, it, so your job now is it's it's the, maybe the most vague title in baseball, but it's major league coach, and it's basically I'm responsible for our two catchers in the big leagues, okay. um, amongst a handful of other things, kind of behind the scenes in terms of game planning and. Uh, Technology, kind of putting that in, into play on the field and stuff like that. Technology in it's, baseball. Okay. It's funny he says I that. Know. You got to do it. It's funny he says that about about the game, um, what you do off the field. Because I was sitting in Toronto over the weekend, and for the Vladdy uh, Junior debut, and we'll talk about that on our next episode. Yeah. But I sat in the dugout and I kind of told myself, I was like, I turned around to JP and I was like, I love. I miss this. I miss the camaraderie. Yeah. I don't miss the preparation anymore. Yeah. Like I have no desire to pick up baseball and, and start playing catch. Like, so then I was like, you know what? That tells me I'm a peace at peace with myself. And I think when you get to that point, you're just like, okay, I'm ready for that next chapter in my life. And, um, but that's one of the things that I told myself when, when I was there over the week and just kind of like, I don't miss the preparation. I miss the, I miss the clubhouse. I miss the stories from the night before, from dinner, whatever it is. But I don't. The preparation is just like not something that I that I miss. So now we're gonna do something right now. It's a little segment that we have called "Let's Go Down Memory Lane." I'm gonna show you a picture, oh, and you're yes, all right, let's go. And you're gonna tell me exactly what you see, and this is how we're gonna segue into it. All right, John Schneider, you grew up near Princeton, New Jersey. Who is this right there? 
That's a young stud me right there. Look at that. Oh, my God. Nice turtleneck. What a loser. Oh, my God. I was oh, like, my goodness, dude. It's I want to look kind of skinny. It's a picture of you in your Delaware Blue University Hens of uniform. Delaware fighting Blue Hens. You were wow. all yeah, check those CAA. Stats right there. Check those stats. I, I cut off the stats part right there. But yeah. <laughs> so you went to Delaware on a scholarship there. Yeah. It yeah. Was, uh, nice yeah. turtleneck, though. <laughs> they, made, they made us wear turtlenecks. But it's like... Um, but how yeah, did you we, go from New Jersey to Delaware? Yeah, how, it was weird. Like I was looking at schools kind of around the area, maybe a little bit more south. Um, but kind of met the coaches at a tryout, kind of stayed in touch, went down to visit, loved the facilities. It's only like an hour and a half from where I grew up, uh, the actual campus. Where so, was your dream school? To me, it was like something in Florida. You know, Florida like State. Miami, Florida State, the ones you yeah. see. You, you know, see on the College World exactly. Series during that time. Yeah, those guys were big time yeah. in those days. Yeah. Uh, so then it was like, all right, cool. It's, I was, I kind of, I wasn't a finished product by any means um, in high school or college. You know, I kind of learned a lot about the game and, and especially catching and hitting in college. So I was kind of the guy that said, okay, I'll go here and kind of continue to develop. But it wasn't like everybody was looking for me out of high school, you know. So I kind of had to do what I could. Then that's not exactly the baseball factory, right? With Delaware, oh my is, uh, God, no! Rich Gannon, Rich Gannon, Joe Flacco, Kevin Mench, and me. Wow, Kevin <laughs> Mench, huh? <laughs> Kevin, Did you Kevin play with Mench. him one year, yeah, yeah. My freshman year was his last year. He, he was, was a former Toronto tanks. Blue Jay. Oh, okay, yeah, he was hitting you, tanks everywhere. You what get drafted by the Blue Jays. Did you expect to get junior drafted? Or senior year, Sorry. red shirt, red shirt, junior, junior year. Shirt. I got drafted by the uh, Tigers the year before, um, red shirt sophomore year when I was twenty-one. So Jays when I was 22, 2002. Wasn't expecting that at all. Hadn't talked, all. To, hadn't were, talked to him. So you get drafted. Where were you when you got drafted? I was home at my parents' house at the time. And it was funny because my agent called me and said, congrats, man. Went to the Marlins. And I was, because you know, at the time, the draft wasn't on TV. It was no, all yeah, like, 2002. 2002 just streamed over the oh, internet, yeah, yeah. right? And all you yeah. hear was this big conference call. So I kind of heard it, and it was like bad internet connection or something like that. And he calls, <laughs> "Hey, congrats, Marlins!" And I was like, "I thought it was the Blue Jays." He's like, "Oh shit, I don't hold on." And I'm like, <laughs> so it was like so like bah, 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 bah. so it was the Blue Jays. You're and like I'm Charles like, Johnson, cool. I'm coming, baby. Yeah, right. So I'm like, "Oh, Toronto." I'm like, "Jesus, I gotta go to Canada." Do and I have you, a passport? Yeah, you don't know how that works. Yet. Did you have so, a passport? No, not at the time. So I had to get one quick. Like I was getting called up that year. But, um, and yeah, it's been, this is my 18th year with the organization, you know, which is pretty cool, I think, as a player, coach. The only organization you've ever known? Only, only one I've ever known, which is like, I don't know. I tell people that now that I work with and that I see, and they're like, what's your problem, man? That's, that's really weird. Yeah, especially in this world. So you get drafted, what'd you tell your mom? Did you turn around? I'm rich. No. <laughs> Did you turn around and say, I told you so? No, I mean, I think they kind of knew. Like, the, no, because when you're that little uh, husky little kid. Little husky kid who wanted to play ball. So, so then you get drafted, and where do, you, where do they send you? Auburn, New York. New York, oh, so you went New York to the Penn League. Yeah. Okay. I actually told, I told the uh, scouting director, I said, I don't, the other option was Medicine Hat, uh, Canada. Oof. So that's rough there. That's, that's rough. the Pioneer League? Pioneer League. That's your <laughs> I play for you John are grinding. You're yeah. grinding there. You're yeah. grinding there. I mean, you're grinding in the Penn League, but... Yeah, you're grinding in the international. <laughs> yeah, but the, you're from Idaho to Wyoming to Medicine Hat. Yeah. 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 So New York Penn League, Auburn, New York with Dennis Holmberg as my first manager. It, uh, that's where the uh, Tigers play at, right? Auburn? Yeah. They're, uh, oh, no. Oneonta. No, the Auburn Tigers, the football team, they play there, right? Shut oh, up, dude. Man, I, really? I, I, well, Is he trying to... What? 
No, 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 no. Did you do that every series? No, listen show? to this. No, I, listen to this. When I got drafted, dude. If Mike Shaw was here, he'd be cracking up right now. <laughs> no, well, you're going to laugh at this. When I got drafted, remember, you, you go to Syracuse, and right. they pick you up. There's this driver that would pick you up. He picked me up, and I knew nothing about the East Coast. So, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're driving, and I was like, sir, I was like, how far is Auburn University from where we're at? <laughs> <laughs> No idea. I shit you he's not. like, dude, that's a far drive. Where you want to go? He's like, son, you're in the wrong area. You're in the wrong. Is Bo Jackson around here? Oh my god. <laughs> Where's Cam Newton? Now? Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Auburn University. Uh, that, and this is a college-educated kid here. Yeah. yeah. Fullerton's <laughs> finest. Know, that knows nothing about wow. the East Coast. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I told that story last time to uh, CC Sabathia, who was our past guest, and he was dying laughing. He's like, no, you didn't. I was like, bro, I. I was like, sir, what, like nonchalant about it too. How far is Auburn University from where we're at? <laughs> and then you go to Auburn, and you, oh, Auburn looks yeah. like they're like 15 years behind. Yeah, yeah easily. Exactly. I was gonna say like 30, but yeah. A, yeah. I was being generous. These cities: Auburn, Syracuse, Charleston, West Virginia, Dunedin, Syracuse, Dunedin, Syracuse, New Hampshire, Dunedin, Syracuse, New Hampshire. Is that where I was? That was my playing career. That's your entire playing career. I think career. that was like all one season, too. <laughs> <laughs> How about this one? That might have been 06. In 2006, yeah. you went to a, a, high A, double A, triple A, and then you ended up in A. Yeah. What no, a, 2006, no, I started, no. Oh, triple A, A, ball. Triple A, A, double A, triple A, A. It was like seven or eight moves. Okay. Crazy. Jesus. Well, once again, why? Did you get Did some good miles on that? Dude, size? I wish. I got back <laughs> surgery out of it. I got hurt that year, too. I don't know. It was just like, it was, I was good enough behind the plate, but I was never good enough at the plate to play every day. So they were just like, hey, wherever we need you. It, it was weird. It was really weird. Okay. Uh, that was the biggest time in my career where I was like, fuck this. Okay, that's what I was going to lead yeah. to. How did you stay locked in and say, you know, I'm going to keep on chasing this dream? Because you're... Look, if you look at your baseball reference, you didn't have many at-bats at you, no. wherever you're at. No, no, no. So you're like, how am I going to get to the major leagues if I'm not playing? Exactly. And then if I'm not playing, there's 12 people here in Florida. Like, why didn't you just pack up your bag? I know you love the game. We all love this game. Look, even me as a reporter. It, it was close. Okay, as a reporter, I it had moments close. where I was like, fuck this. I don't want to do this. I'm going to go be a teacher. I'm going to go be a coach. Like, you want – there's certain times, especially as you're getting older. You're, what, 25 now? I know your families are like, hey, when are you going to come and get a job? Hey, when are you going to do this? When are you going to make some money? Yes. Yeah. That was the hardest part. I think, honestly, what helped me that year was getting hurt in August. I had surgery on my back. If I had just finished that year out and continued to suck, I probably would have thought about hanging them up. You know, but the fact that I had to go through all this rehab and I was down at the minor league complex for a lot of the offseason doing it with the trainers, because it was, it was pretty, you know, pretty big surgery. Um, and it kind of gave me a little bit of a, all right, let me try this again, kind of yeah. like a do-over in 2007. Um, and then that's when it was kind of more of the same. And it was like 2007 was when I started thinking like, all right, fuck this. I'm done. I can't do this. Physically, it was taking me too long to get ready to play. And then I was just like, I'm hitting a buck 80 again. This isn't going to work. So that was kind of, I think the surgery actually got me to, got me through 2007 because I would have just probably said enough is enough after 06. When you think about it, how did you survive financially? Because you weren't a first round pick. You weren't no. making 2 million with Ricky. Where were 2. you 7, doing? What was it, 2.4? 2.4, oh, dude. Okay. <laughs> um, what were you making, like 1500 By the way, I used to hear that shit every single <laughs> day. Every single Largest day. signing bonus in club history oh, for dude. a long time. Oh, yeah. Right here. Oh, yeah. For a long time. They, hey, but taxes, you know, make a lot, they spend a lot. Yeah, yeah that's true. They, they used to it's get true. on me. But I, you know what? I For the most part, I took it well. These guys, these older guys during that time took 
good care of me. Okay. It was never one of those things where they set me aside or like, oh, he's, you know, first of all, I didn't come in as being an asshole, which a lot of them were surprised or like, Jesus, this guy is too good. Like, he's a nice kid, you know? So it was like. You can't pick on you too much. Yeah. It was one of those things where like I didn't put myself in situations where, where I'd say something dumb or put myself in situations where they can pick on me. Like I just, even in the Myers, man. My mouth was always shut. I just listened and you went You didn't to sit work. on the couch. <laughs> no, there wasn't any there of those was in the big leagues uh, so in the minors. What was the, the most you made in the minors? Probably, I think twenty seven hundred bucks a month. Twenty? No, a month? No, no, no. No, it was like thirty five hundred a month. I think in AAA. Okay, that's AAA. Back in the day, that was AAA. But and that's like before before tax. It, it was it was brutal. You know what I mean? And when you get to AAA. And you're not a minor league free agent, and you're making whatever you're making. Clubhouse dues were a lot. They're 15 bucks a day. You're just yeah. getting crushed, right? So you get to at least be a minor league free agent. You're making okay money. You're, you're you getting know? crushed clubhouse dues by uh, 15 bucks for spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. It was br- <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so really? You're charging me what for this? Yeah, and wasn't that where I'm not asking about money, but just more of like to paint the picture of people were like, you're 25, 26 years old. You're supposed to start making a little bit of money like yep. the reason that 94 accord should not be in your car and exactly like you seen the people you went to college with who have degrees like there's got to be that thing of like okay i'm grinding it i'm sticking it out but fuck how am i gonna pay a credit card this month exactly and it's you go home in the off season and it's like cool i'm gonna stay with mom and dad and my friends all have houses and cool jobs and they're rich but they think my job's so fucking cool and i'm like yeah it's it's awesome until like right now, I'm I'm doing this in the off season or whatever it is. So it's. Did you do you usually have a job in the off season? I did sometimes. I did some baseball lessons. Okay. There was one year I went back and did I did um, I went back to school for a couple classes. Yeah. Uh, but I tried to, but it was, you know, it was it wasn't like anything really full time all the time. Gotcha. It was kind of stuff here and That's there. That's what we talked about with Rick and a lot of the guests is, you're going through struggles, but you can't talk to your friends. You can't talk to your family because you say. Your friend who's probably going to the Hamptons for the exactly. weekend, like, hey, dude, you're a baseball player. That's amazing. And yeah. you're like, Fuck. give me your autograph. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like <laughs> I'm eating peanut butter jelly. Like, yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. I, that That's also got to be like, who do you talk to? Who do you deal with? Because you can't talk to 20 year old. I, I think, I think to answer a little bit of your question there, I think that's why you have teammates that you're close to. I yeah, think no you, doubt. You relate to them. And in the offseason, I mean, you're probably texting back and forth or calling them and 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 you become close to those guys those guys pretty much become your family i think and they're the only ones that understand the shoes that you're in because you're right nobody understands what you're going through and or nobody wants to hear you're like crying right? no. no 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 they're like yeah nice life choice in the minor leagues yeah but, <laughs> but it is like rick said man my my best relationships have they they were formed in, in pro ball you know it's i got a couple buddies from high school a couple from college but the dudes that i stay in touch with and the guys that like that get what I'm doing now, even, are, are guys like Rick and well, guys that what, played. Ricky won't even remember who he played with his last year in Toronto, who, like, half of the teammates <laughs> were. But he'll know who was in Dunedin at Applebee's on a Thursday exactly. night in May of 2007. <laughs> like, that, that's, why he's, that's why he is who he is, man. It's cool. Where, where do those bonds but, come from? But though? you know what? Even, like, I remember even in the big league, so when I was, when I was there, like, I feel like me and him still had a relationship. It was one of those things where... If I, if I was up, you know, because in Dunedin, the, the complexes are in, uh, they're not together. That's know? like the, the Dunedin's like the, the, the Blue Jays home? Yeah. yeah. But anytime I was uh, I was on the minor league side doing something, we'd shoot the shit like, like we just saw each other yesterday. You know, it was, I, I just feel like I always had respect for those guys that, that helped me throughout, throughout my journey in the, to get to the big leagues. And, 
anytime we'd see each other, it was like, man, how are you doing? Yada, yada, yada. And we never lost that respect for each other. That's why when I heard that he was coming up to the big leagues, I texted him right away and I was yeah. like, wow, man, like this is incredible. You know, just make sure you don't forget me when you're the big league manager and you need a bullpen coach or a pitching coach. No, no, because I ain't doing that minor league bullshit. That's that two point four attitude. Two point four coming yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there. I'm, I don't blame you, nah, I'm just. Oh, we don't man. need to go to medicine. I'm just kidding. Awesome. I, but it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to see him. Like every time I like see him on TV, I'm like, that's so sick. No, you're you know? one of the names that he brought up. From, so this podcast, we started talking about it maybe six months ago or like and i'm like rick it's hard it's a lot of work you got to get guests i'm like and this is he wanted to name it something else i like no it's your name you're i'm gonna use you to get guests like as simple as that nobody knows me like why well, i got my own circle but they don't they you're the name here right. and he's like okay and he throws some names out there well because i we, see a richmond so i we, see a schneider and i'm like fuck bro we we <laughs> Sabathia, yeah schneider who's this guy? <laughs> we've been we've been we've been uh looking at the schedule of who's coming in and i was like toronto blue jays it has to be you, you're one of the guys because I, it's an interesting journey. I mean, take that, Stro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know Stro is. <laughs> um, hopefully, he we have him on in the future. But now he's got to get behind Buck Martinez. <laughs> Broadcasting stick together, bro. <laughs> so I just wanted everyone to see the big picture of your struggle as a player, and obviously hanging it up, and then redoing everything from the coaching side. And um, when you decided to retire. How tough was that for you when you, like, said, okay, this is it? That was harder than I thought because I had the coaching gig lined up, right? So our yeah. farm director, Dick Scott, said, hey, you can come in tomorrow and come into the staff meeting and start coaching. So I knew it wasn't, like, just walking away from the game. Yeah. But when it was like, hey, I'm done playing, it was like, shit, that sucks. You know, it, it was really, really weird. Um, because it's not like they released you or anything. No, it never got released. Okay. So it was just I kind of just switched what I was doing, you know. Okay. Um, but when you kind of say, okay, I'm done playing, when it's something you put all of your effort into uh, for so many years, um, it sucks. You, I mean, shit, you know how it is. It's, yeah. And you did it at a way higher level than me. You yeah. know, it's, it's weird for everyone. What was your last game? It's an awesome story. All right, two awesome Ooh, stories real quick. All right, so my last... Bobby, re- check the batteries. My, <laughs> my last uh, minor league game was in Ottawa back in the day in the uh, International League. Triple A? Triple A. Mm-hmm. So my last at bat, I think it was in the eighth inning, like a clean single to left. I'm like, and I thought about like, hey, this may be it. I may be hanging it up, right? So I kind of didn't want to hit again. We get a couple, <laughs> like it's the last game of the year, right? Season's over, we're not in the playoffs, nothing. So we kind of get a couple guys on in the next inning and it's coming back around and I'm on deck with one out, runner at first. And I'm like, fuck. So You're my, saying fuck, you don't want to go I didn't want to hit. And I kind of never wanted to hit, but especially right now, I didn't want to hit. I'm like, you want to leave on a good note. Dude, so leave on a good note. Never forget this. Right. Mike Vento, he was on our team. I don't know if you know him. Hits a missile at the third baseman. I'm like, turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it. Double play, inning over, yes. We ended up winning the game, and boom, that was it. That was my last ever, like, reel at bat in a, in a minor league game. So I don't really tell many people that, but turn it, turn it, turn it. What, that? what an asshole. But the, the other you were part, on deck. I was on deck, and I, just, I didn't want to hit it. I, I was done. I wanted to end on a clean single left. So the next spring, I come in as a player, 2008. I'm in minor league camp. <clears throat> And uh, talking to Dick Scott, farm director at the time, he was kind of, hey, not sure if we have a spot for you. He was always up front with me. He was great with me uh, for whatever reason. Great always, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah always told it. me where I was going. He was great. 
So he said, uh, you know, you can look around, and if you find a job, we can give you a release. Um, you can keep playing in, in games here in camp, and if, uh, if something comes up, boom, there you go. If not, the coaching gig is on the table. That, you know, we had talked about it a little bit. So I said, cool. So I played for about six or seven more days. Spring training. Spring training games. So finally I was kind of at peace with it, like, all right, hadn't found a job that was any different than what I was going to be doing. You know, backup catcher, double-A, triple-A, whatever. So I told the manager that day, we were going to St. Pete. I said, hey, if I had a home run today, take me out of the game. Like, bring an extra player on the road because if I go deep, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Uh, you had 24 career home runs. Right, big power threat. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he goes, okay, cool, ha-ha, whatever. All right, so he brings an extra dude. So my second at bat, we're playing again. Wait, were you joking or were you? Oh, I was dead fucking serious. <laughs> who, was, who was the manager? Gary Cathcart. Oh, yeah. Cat. I was like dead serious. I don't know if he, he thought I was joking. So well, your stats show that you got right, power. Yeah, exactly. Big freaking OPS guy. So, <laughs> so second at bat, some some lefty one zero count tries to sneak a heater by me, and I'm just I mean I crush it like no doubter, right? So I jog around the bases. I came in. We're on the backfields. I sit down, I took off my spikes, and I literally hung them up in the dugout and put on my turfs and fucking coach first the next inning. No fucking yes. way. <laughs> yes. I didn't know that. That's like my favorite story of all time. What year was that? 2008. I hope they're still in that dugout, wherever, <laughs> wherever they are, where the Rays used to be. Yeah. You, you took them off and said, I hope you brought a player because I'm not playing anymore. Give me a skull cap. First year you had to wear helmets. I'm coaching first. 2008. I had to have been. I maybe didn't. Wasn't pitching that day, so I didn't. Yeah. Well, you were no, a minor league. It's a minor league camp. Yeah, yeah. I was minor league camp in 2008. Were you really? I made because I made the team in 2009. That was the first oh, year on my 40 shit. man. This is on the. It was a road game. So, so maybe I stayed back. back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 2.4. You stay back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Getting a, so pedi- getting a pedicure. Did anybody <laughs> know that you were done? Yeah. All my all my all my boys on the team. They were like, "That is ridiculous. You just did that." Fuck. I was like, "Yeah." Next morning, staff meeting. I was coach. You had a skull and turfs. Yeah, boom, tur- I, and hung them, hung them up, tied them in a knot on the on the fence of the dugout. Hung did, up it, did it feel good when you did that? Was, oh, he it fucking crushed like, the ball. It, Hell yeah. yeah! Everything was like, and like what you said earlier, Rick, was I didn't really. The baseball part of it was cool. The prep part of it, the getting ready to play, was like the next day we're over there. We were playing the Phillies. We go to Clearwater, and I'm watching all my buddies go out. Oh, it's twelve forty. Go stretch on the line, and I'm just like. Fuck you guys! I'm, I, you know I'm, I'm good with that. I'm gonna yeah. sit here and, and just you know get ready to do my thing. You know I, I don't need yeah. to go do striders and yeah. the, you know it's like so no, I'm good. What happens to your locker? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you go from playing in Dude, the middle right. of the game to like so so my locker was in the AAA clubhouse at the time. Yeah. And uh, the next day, or I guess when I went home, Billy Wardlow he just moved all my shit into the coach's room. So my locker went from the AAA locker room. To, with all these old men, I'm like, well, this is different. You know what I mean? It was, but it was. They just moved all my stuff. I think I remember all that because, like I said, I was in minor league camp in 2008, yeah. so I think I uh-huh. remember that. Um, Did you change your number? Uh, no, I had the same jersey as a, you know, no, nothing. Yeah. What number was it at that time in minor league camp? I think it was like, uh, it was like 38 or something oh, in minor league camp, which is like, yeah, it was, it was all right. So he went from wearing wristbands to wearing uh, his stopwatch. Stopwatch, yeah. <laughs> Did you had you ever coached anything before? Uh, no, I mean, I gave lessons and stuff, yeah, but I was yeah. like, no, I was, I, I mean, I tried to like put my stopwatch on my belt and lean on my fungo and like do all the coaching stuff, but it was, oh, you were posing. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it was, I, and like, I think Rick can tell you this. I kind of knew how to act. Like when I was, when I was playing, if I wasn't playing every day, I kind of had that, that, um, 
vibe of like kind of you know being a mentor, being a little bit of a leader, and kind, kind of, of having that coach. Yeah, kind of having that that part of me was was ready for it. You're one of the guys where they just knew that he's going to be a manager. Yeah, and I yeah. I think so. Yeah, like I I talked about it in 2007 with a couple guys that were in town in, in New Hampshire that year, and then when I really started in 2008, right? So that that year they kept me in rookie ball to be a coach. I was just like a coach. And uh, the farm director said, "Watch the game as a manager, and do all the things a manager would do." I, w- sure I would this- say, I would say, one of the things that helped me in those double A years when I was struggling is, he's the one that made me believe on when you throw your curveball. And we're talking mechanics here, and because I used to struggle a lot with my mechanics and control sometimes, because my stuff would move everywhere. So he's like, he'd call curveball, and then he's like, every time I call your curveball, the next pitch is right on the money. Because it helps you get on, you, you get back on top of the ball. It's like sometimes you get on the side, you get on the side. But when we call that curveball, you get nice on top of it, and then we throw a fastball off of that. Your money. So he's the one that made me believe and like, okay, have trust in that curveball. It doesn't ha- just has, it doesn't have to be a two strike, strikeout pitch. You can throw it 0-0, you can throw it 1-0, and it just helps you get back on top. And little things like that help me along the way. And when I got to the big leagues, it was it was the same mentality. It was like, okay. I, if I'm struggling with control, I get to that curveball, it slows me down, and now I can get back on that fastball. Guys like you, Schneider, are the backbone of this sport. Uh, and the grinders, the guys that do things. And me as a reporter, having covered the Angels and Dodgers, you're in clubhouses, you're like, okay, that guy you can tell is just happy to be here. That guy you can tell is saying, as soon as the game's done, I'll fuck this, I'm going back to my farm. <laughs> I'm never going to tell anything about this. Fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. And there's other guys that come along, you're like, I can see him coaching. I can see him scouting. I can no see doubt. him being involved. Where they're going to be lifers, and there's, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in the minors, if you're that kind of guy, aren't you viewed a little different? Like you might be one of the kiss asses, like one of the guys who might just be around the team and they keep you around. And it's like, oh, they're only keeping him around because he's one of these guys. I can see that, no doubt. You know, there's. But I don't think in he the ever, majors is different. I, mean, I don't in the minors when you're 24. I, like, I want to be a coach. Like fuck that. I don't think he ever brought that that. Uh, I guess that vibe into the clubhouse because he was so true to himself and he was all about the teammates and for me as a young kid he was all about making me better ricky what can we do to get you to the big leagues because you're going to pitch her one day but you have to believe it you know and not just with me but you had um who was there at the time brett was did you ever have brett cecil or was uh, he a little no, younger no he was a little younger uh i'm trying to think who were those i had you i had sean markham who i had to take markham. care of that he was a jesse trainer, lich right? jesse lich call him that, okay a. you're throwing some names all guys that got to major leagues when they get to the major leagues how'd you feel great seriously it was like those are my boys i, I, I fucking love it you know it's like I you wish, had a part in that yeah no doubt absolutely you know it's kind of like because we would all say like man like we love like we pitchers talk be like oh who who like throwing to schneider Schneider, I mean, and this is obviously before JP and those guys started getting there. Those right. guys are a little younger, but it was like, damn, if Schneider, I love the way he catches. It was a big target, and we we all loved it. You know? So did you see him in his Blue Jays uniform in Toronto, bobblehead, all star, all that <laughs> takes you back in your two nine two ERA, whatever it was. It, it, yeah, it's but like, it makes you feel like kind of like a proud parent. No doubt. It's just like now it's like when I see players come up that I've managed in the minor leagues and it's like proud dad moment. You know what I mean? When Vladdy's coming up, you know, it's like, man, this is awesome. Um, telling Guriel last year he was going up from double A. I was like, man, this is awesome. Seeing him go up, seeing Markham go up, seeing Adam Lind go Adam up, Lind. all these guys that you kind of just grind with. Brandon League. Brandon League. First yeah. guy I ever caught in pro ball. Thought I was going to break my freaking thumb. First guy I ever caught. I was like, what am I doing? He was throwing like 100. 100. 
Brandon Jeez. League, you know, yeah, you know 19 years old, throwing 100 with sink, and I was like, this is what minor league baseball is? I got to go fucking get my degree. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was the first guy you first ever First guy ever in Auburn, and I was like, holy shit. We got to get him on. He's on the San Diego. He's though. awesome, yeah. man. I love it. We should. He's probably out surfing. Though. Yeah, he no is. Doubt. He's doing yoga or something. <laughs> but it, it was, it's always cool. It's always cool when you see your boys kind of you know, reach that, that goal. And you you think you have a little part in it because you kind of you've been there with them, but you've experienced the the good just as much as you've experienced the shit. You were a minor league manager at the age of what? Twenty nine. That's how good of a player ever. I was. Yeah, the youngest, youngest ever. ever in that league in Vancouver. Yeah. You're managing there. You're twenty nine years old, and you're like you said, that's how good a player you that's were. How good you're a managing. player I was. I was managing at twenty nine. When are you ready for any of that? No, I I figured it out. You know, like I I think I was ready for. Inter- the hardest part really was like the administrative part like making sure your lineup is done correctly making sure all the other schedule stuff is done correctly you don't miss anything to give to an umpire when the game starts the game is the game you yeah. know what i mean the game is the game and you always got to put the players first so it's called managing not exactly coaching. you're managing people the game is going to take care of itself and you want your people to play hard for you and that makes the game that much easier so that would that's like when you're talking about competing you know i was glad that i wasn't competing anymore as a player because i just didn't want to hit one, 170 anymore but when you're managing, it's such a great competition, not only between you and the dude you're managing against, but you and the people you're managing. You know what I mean? It's a, it's such a good... Like a chess match. Challenge. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And How many years did you manage? Ten. Ten years in the minors? Ten years in the minors. Wait, hold up. Six, six and a half in the minors as a player? Yeah, yep. Ten in, as a manager? Ten as a manager. So I managed 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, 10, 18. And here That's I am a lot of bus rides. Oh, I appreciate the 3 a.m. arrival. Hell yeah. That's a lot of bus rides. That's why when uh, when we were doing getting him for this podcast, he's like, I was like, how was, your, fli- how was yeah. your, how's your flight? He's texting me from the Showbird. And he's Show like, Wi-Fi. He's like, oh, this, this is a long flight. Was, <laughs> this is this is a this is a long flight. I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear it. Dude. You're in a fucking show flight with some nice five star booze. I, yeah, I can't hear you around my Johnny Blue right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Johnny Blue on the plane? No, I mean you probably bring it on your own if you yeah, want. Yeah, it, it. it was a duty free hookup. Yeah, oh. courtesy of Pete Walker. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Dude. Really, on the on the show bird, you can yeah. do whatever you want. Basically, it, yes. Yeah. Where were you I've last year? I managed our double A team in Manchester, in Manchester, New Hampshire. Team that we played for together. Yeah. I managed it last year in New Hampshire. And how many titles did you end up winning as a manager? Science three, three. He won. Yeah. He won at the, Vancouver, at Vancouver, Dunedin, and and Manchester last and he's year. He's been fortunate enough to see the young, who you're going to see in the big leagues here within the next few years. Yeah. Obviously, now we have the next few months. Nick, yeah, you had Vladdy Jr., who was who I knew in the Angels clubhouse in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo Bichette. Who I saw in the Little League World Series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Kevin Biggio. Kevin Biggio. Craig's kid? Craig's, Craig's kid. kid. So my lineup the last two years, I would go Bichette, Biggio, Guerrero. It's like, That's cool. Incredible. What is it, like the early 2000s? <laughs> or, or is it like, dude, how do you, how do you lose? You know? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. Those names coming up, man. It's just like, and they're, so, and they're great players, but they're just such good dudes. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah. I had, had a good manager in New Hampshire. Now, in New Hampshire, <laughs> do you guys fly? Hell no. no. How long are those bus rides? All right, so longest one is to Akron, Ohio. It's about 12. So nope. last year, right? <laughs> so last year it works out, so we're, we're in the playoffs, and they're, they're in the playoffs, and we meet them in the finals, right? So I'm like, holy shit. So I tell our, um, I tell our farm director, Gil Kim, I said, hey, we need to fly to Akron for the finals. We need a competitive advantage. And he goes, Schneitz, no. And I was like, Gil, yeah. And so, t- and this started like, this is a couple of weeks before we were like pushing, flying the playoffs, flying the playoffs. So we end up uh, driving there 
from where the hell were we? Trenton, I think. No, no, from Manchester. Oh God. Anyway, twelve hours. We we drive to Akron, got him to fly us back to uh, Manchester after the first two games. So first two were there, off day, and then the next three were supposed to be at home. So we flew, and they had a bus. Um, back to our place and we ended up beating them we swept them so I was like gay Gil see flying flying <laughs> competitive advantage right because in the, it's not glorious in the no. you only fly in AAA only fly in AAA and even those are like those are connected. those are grind. but those are southwest right yeah those are hey, like 2 a.m. credit close. you get the uh, mileage on southwest uh, no my no. damn did because no. the team books it alright exactly. but so how do you, what do you do FaceTime is key right now I got a wife I got two boys okay um, back home in Florida so talking with them um, big time uh, music guy. Uh, I like to just chill. To me, the bus is like the one area where when you're managing, you can just have people shut up for once and you can kind of collect your thoughts. So it's music, it's phone, FaceTime, it's movies. Yeah, but that's four hours. What do you do the rest of the time? You got beer, you got cold beer. Okay. You know, yeah, that takes good. up, that's that's kind of throughout the trip. You can only sleep so much. You can, I, I'm too big, I'm too fat to sleep on a bus, you know, so I kind of just hang out. You're still husky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still shopping in the husky section. But it's just, you know, you kind of just, a lot of it too, seriously, it sounds stupid, you kind of just look around and see where the hell you are. Because you're in places in the minor leagues that you thought you'd never even see. So I try to just take it all in a little bit and be like, oh shit, what's Portland, Maine like? Or... You know what's yeah, Binghamton, so that's, New York that's like? That's cool and all when you're 31, but you're like in your late 30s and you're in your 15th year of the minor leagues. Then it's like, what that am I doing? Old. I know it is. It's crazy. It's and you know what? You know what's funny? Last year was like the first year that thought kind of crept into my head a little bit to where it was like I knew our big league team was going to have some turnover and new manager and stuff and kind of like, all right, you know these guys I know and I kind of want to be up there, but I don't know. You don't. You don't. You don't think about it in the moment, for sure. You're just mm-hmm. like, oh, we got an eight-hour bus ride tonight, and you kind of just do it. Um, you get used to it. That's what you do. Yeah, that's kind of just your norm, you know? As a, as a manager, Schneids, you, you touched on it a little bit about your mention about guys, you call them in the office and calling them up. Mm-hmm. How awesome is it for you when you, when you get that Man. call from, you know, the GM or whatever, hey, we're calling up Guriel. Mm-hmm. Like. Do you ever come up with a cool plan, like, this is how I'm going to do it? Or were you pretty always just, like, call him in the office and that's it? It depends on the guy. Like, okay. you know, if I know he's got a certain personality where I can get I can get him a little bit, yeah. I'll do it. Um, some guys are just straight to the point. Yeah. Guriel last year, he was the first guy that I've told. Who is this? This is Lourdes Guriel. Lourdes Guriel. Yeah. Yuli's uh, brother. Yuli's brother, yeah, yeah. Was he the, who was your first call-up ever as a manager? Him. Okay. Who, okay. And that was in AA last year. So we were, we were joking. It was... April was freezing cold. He had a home run that night. And I had known, like, this is, like, from Gil and from, like, people up in Toronto, kind of, like, this plan was kind of, you know, put in motion uh, a couple days before. So if I was back and forth, back and forth. So finally, like, hey, he's going to go up after the game. Let him know. Mm-hmm. When you, when you, we were driving from Hartford, no, from home to Reading. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'll let him know. So I call him into my, we get off the bus. I say, hey, Guri, I need to see you in my room. So I brought in a couple other coaches, too. And that day, he had hit a home run. So I'm coaching third. And I gave him like one of these, like how Bautista used to pound it. Yeah. Like that's what I told yeah. everyone to do. And here, put your hand out. I was ready like this, and he went like this. I was like, what? <laughs> and it like egg corned me. I was like, what? The? <laughs> re- this is around third, so we're dying laughing. So I was like, hey, come to my room. I got to talk to you. So we, I sat him down, broken English, right? Cuban guy. Um, and we started talking about the home run handshake. I was like, that's brutal. What are you going to, you know, you got to fix this. Ha ha. Because you put the fist out. He I put gave the you fist the out. Like, don't give me the egg. Like, don't just <laughs> don't cover it, bro. <laughs> so I said, all right. So, you know, like tomorrow, if you hit a home run at Yankee Stadium, Louis Rivera is going to give you this. You got to pound him. And he kind of looked at me like, 
okay. And I'm like, no, seriously, if, if you hit a home run tomorrow in the big leagues when you're at Yankee Stadium playing second base, you got to do this. And he looked at me. I was like, Comprende? Comprende. <laughs> you're, you're going to the big leagues. And he kind of just went, oh, and he's such a great kid. You know, he signed for all this money. Yeah. So it was like, some people may be like, oh, cool, I'm set. Mm-hmm. He was like a kid who had never even like That's done cool. anything. So that, that, was, that, was a, that was a cool experience Comprende? last year. How yeah. much Spanish do you speak? I, eh, uh, I understand almost everything. My speaking needs some work. My wife is Cuban. That's her first language is Spanish. So oh, she's man, like my tutor at home. It. I know. Coño. Oh. <laughs> I'm not even going there. Like, I'm not even going there. This is like I Love Lucy in reverse. I am not even going there. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I comprende much more than I hablo. Comprende. But that, that, that's got to be a cool feeling as a manager, though, when, when you're able to deliver those kind of news and see their... Awesome. Uh, their uh, see the reactions, reaction. man. Oh, my God, it's awesome. And it's cool yeah. if you're telling me like he's going up one minor league level, yeah. and let alone yeah. going to the big leagues. It's, I remember when I uh, got called in the office... That I was going to AAA, it was like the greatest thing. I'm finally, I'm fucking I'm free out of, out of Manchester. You know, oh not that, God. and that place is, was really good to us, yeah. as you know. You know, yeah. there were New the, Hampshire, the city, live for your die, Manch Vegas, right? man. It's kind of a, that's a, it's a tough slogan, right there. <laughs> that's the under license place. <laughs> live <laughs> free or die. These people are firm, man. Yeah, some Chinese. And we, they, no, it okay. used to be like, free or die. I guess there's like a whole thing back in the day. It used to be like a like casinos and all that right that's yeah. why they call it Manch yeah. Vegas yeah yeah dude but it was a sweet little town they treated us well but two and a half years of being there yeah, not it it's a good yeah. town to visit so then for the when weekend. I finally got to go to Syracuse I mean okay. it's you were what Syrac- it. Syracuse is yeah I you made it but Auburn. it's yeah. it's not Auburn that <laughs> what, let me get you on the, on the flip side of that what about when you have to release somebody how tough is that that's tough you know because how do you do it you, honestly right to the try to go right to the point for the most part um you know, you could say, oh, it's a numbers game, this and that, but it's like, hey, man, this sucks. You know, I've the way I've always done it is just be very honest with them. This sucks. We don't have a spot for you. I love everything that you do every day. Um, anything that I could do to help you, if you want to keep playing, let me know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, do you actually that, mean that? I do. I honestly do. But I, but what about a couple of guys that you're like, uh... It's time to go? Yeah. There's been a couple where it's like, hey, sorry, you're getting your release. Uh, let, let us know if you need anything. Yeah, then let the door hit you on good, the way out. Good luck out. in your future endeavors. Yeah. yeah. It's like fuck out because there's, a, there's i mean like, we all paint a good picture of good good teammates but we've all had those teammates like fuck yeah this motherfucker exactly totally yeah you know and it's like you, you know you can keep yourself hanging around a little bit longer if you're just a good dude you know it's just i'm exhibit a kind of you know yeah. but it's um i always go back to a mentor of mine jeff proctor who listens to the podcast who's always told me he goes remember what we learned in kindergarten be nice and play well with others it's going to take you really far in life. True story. Now that I'm 40, I fucking finally get it. True story. <laughs> just it's, be nice to I people. Know. Just be nice. It's not that hard. Yeah, just, I have one. And you know what's funny? It made me think of this. My one rule as a manager, this is kind of where I got to um, over the last five years where I evolved to, was, all right, guys, team rules ready? Here we go. Beginning of the season. One rule. Don't be an asshole. And that was it. So under that umbrella, figure it out. If it means how you play on the field or if it means how you act off the field, don't be an asshole. If you're an asshole, we're going to have problems. If you're not, we're good. Do you say it in Spanish? No. <laughs> <laughs> no seas un coño. But it, it, it really is true. You know, I mean, don't, it, it's pretty vague, but it, it's true. Don't be an asshole. Just go out there, be a, be a good teammate, go, yeah. be a good player. Yeah. And I think that's the way you always carried yourself as a, as a player and playing together with you. It was never like a asshole moment. Um, and stuff like that. Yeah, were there times where you were pissed off? Yeah, I saw a few uh, 
I remember mm-hmm. one one day walking out of the clubhouse in New Hampshire, and I think he had just punched out and they had a little tunnel, and he is chucking his helmet across the whole <laughs> tunnel, and, and we're under the stand, so he's just like fucking pissed. But in the minor leagues, you only get one helmet, right? Yeah, I, was, I rocked a cracked helmet a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, it it showed that he cared. You know, obviously, who wants to fucking struggle? Nobody, you know? That's why when I... When people are watching games and they're like, what is he doing? I'm like, oh, you think he wanted he's to trying, fucking yeah. strike out? Yeah, he's hey, trying he's to it. Baseball's easy from the couch, we say. Right? Oh, and yeah, God. we say that all the time. Like, baseball is easy from the couch. You can throw every pitch in every situation. You can hit every pitch. That's why whenever I'm watching games, I'm watching them by myself. I, I Friends, family members, oh, let's go to a bar and watch the Dodger game. No. Nope. No, because it's just a bunch of people that think that they know it all and they think that Kershaw should have thrown a fastball instead of a curveball, and, it's and like, then you want to try to say why he did it and explain why, and like, oh, fuck, and they're looking at you, like, stuck. What the yep. fuck? Yep. Yeah, you're so stuck. Yep. let's uh, let's have some fun with Schneid. Yeah, already Schneid's. Do uh, it. Playing or managing, what's the best brawl you've seen oh. or been involved with? Um, two thousand. Oh, this was this is a mess. Two thousand. <laughs> uh, I think it was two thousand five. It was in AAA. Um, uh, no shit. Damn. We could tell both of them. Go All right, ahead. two quick ones. 2005 AAA. No, 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 quick. We got plenty of time. Bobby's going to edit. 2005 AAA. We're in Richmond. Um, good buddy of mine, Dave Bush, right? He works at the Red Sox. Dave now. Bush, Bush, yeah. He's pitching for us, and he kind of, shit was happening the night before. Threw behind a dude who charged the mound, helmet off, and fired it at Bushy. I wasn't playing that day, shocker, but I was like the first one <laughs> out of the dugout. And I'm, I'm like right there in it on the mound, about to fucking like lay this dude out. I get blindsided by some Meathead, like no. Wait, you're big, right? I'm a big dude, right? This dude, I, I was. Wait, like, how big are you? Like six three? I'm like six three, like eh. At the time, I was probably like two forty. Uh-huh. I'm probably about all eh, muscle, a, a few, yeah. A few more than that now, yeah. And he just like lit me up. Some on the bottom of the of the pile, just getting squeezed. I'm like, this guy's gonna fucking pop my head off or whatever. This guy had to be on steroids. So finally, some dude pulls him off me. And I go to get up, and someone else jumps on me. I'm like, "Fuck, man!" I got my face in the dirt on the mound. I'm like, "What? Oh, I can't even fucking." This this is brutal. I feel like a little bitch down on? here. No, nothing. I'm just like a bitch with my face in the dirt. So it's like, uh, the, the second guy that jumped on me was one of my. Uh, no, it was one of uh, a guy that I knew on their team. He goes, "Yo, just just shut up, sit there. I'll, I'll pull you out of here." I was like, "All right, cool." So now I was like, "All right, I'll just hang out down here for a while." Did you just lean down on the ground? Yeah, just like with people jumping on top of me and shit. So I was like, "All right, cool." So he pulls me out of there, whatever. That was one. So I learned like when you're going in, like head on a swivel and yeah. don't try to be the fucking hero. So that was that so was. You didn't see any of that fight. Zero. I had the pitching rubber like in my freaking teeth. It was it was like it was awful. The other one was all right. So I'm managing in Vancouver. This is 2011, right? And there's video of this one out there. So uh, we're playing a five game series against Spokane. It's the Indians, and it's kind of some bad blood. Rug did Odor now with Texas. He started this. The little second baseman, the guy that punched yeah. Bautista. Yeah, yeah. He started this uh, debacle of a fight. He slid like horribly past the base, tried to take out our, our shortstop who got out of the way. As he's running back, our shortstop said something to is him. Is that where he fuck. took out, like, two dudes? Yes. No, that was, that was a different guy. Oh. That was a different guy on that team. Okay. Said, fuck you. Boom, started swinging. So I'm like, and now in Spokane, the benches are kind of far from the field. Yeah. So we're like, oh, shit. And it's short season, so you want to make sure the kids are all right. You know, it's like you, you never know what's going to happen. I remember running out there at the coaches thinking, like, damn, I'm going to fucking blow a hammy, dude. This is a far <laughs> run. Like, I'm running fast. <laughs> so we get out there, and there's just – Fist flying everywhere. So Odor hit a couple guys. This pitcher, Matt West, 
knocked out t- my two catchers. No. In like a matter of 30 seconds. <laughs> Line them up. Dude. <laughs> boom, whack, boom. whack catcher down. And then shit kind of like kind of died down. And then he just went, boom, got the other catcher. He goes down like a bag of shit. And it was like, what is happening right now? So that was, that was like the worst one as a manager. So what did you do with the catchers? Uh, one was okay to keep playing. The, the other one had to go get his teeth checked. And how about, so the dude, all right, so it was Pierce Rankin. I don't know if you know him. He was catching, and he, like, this dude, I mean, he hit him fucking hard. So a couple years later, fast forward maybe four years later, we signed that pitcher, Matt West, who knocked him out. So, oh, I think I remember, remember that him? pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hard, right? Yeah, yeah, Kind of yeah, crazy yeah. dude. Yeah. So first bullpen he throws with the Blue Jays, guess who's catching him? Rankin, dude, he knocked out. So, of course, they got to go talk to one another, like, Hey man, what's up? He's like, hey, sorry for 2011. <laughs> <laughs> shit happens. But yeah, it was it was crazy because we're all like, oh shit, look, oh my god. I see these Snyder said about Carlos Gomez, right? They became teammates the yeah. following years. Yeah, yeah, Travis yeah. Snyder, yeah, that's right. But yeah. you see, these are the stories that that we're looking for stuff like yeah, this yeah. the grind the minor league grind you know you did it like sorry a, for 2011 <laughs> bro that was yeah. a lot of we, we can get any big league story we want but yeah. these are the stories that i like and and for people to <laughs> like kind of dive into this world of the minor league level and the yeah. minor league grind him as a player as a coach what he saw and it's to me it's cool man like i said it's the path it's a it's an inspiring path because the guy never gave up his uh his chance to be able to get to the big leagues. He, he might not have got, got in there as a player, but he's doing it now. And it's, like I said, it to me, it's so cool when I watch him on TV, It, it really man. is. Like, <laughs> we could ask you right now, like, okay, you've been there in the past, and now you're a coach. The analytics and the shift and the bat pip and the war and all the other things, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck? It's just baseball, right? Just go and play. I really want to know about your first day in the major leagues. When you walked into that clubhouse, what were you wearing? Forget the uniform. What were you wearing? <laughs> the hell was I wearing? Well, well, how did you get the news that you were good? Like, I guess getting you had gotten called up. <laughs> um, this is, dude, I got some good stories. Oh, this we got a, plenty this, of time. this is a good story. So, I go through the interview process. Mm-hmm. Like last year, there were rumblings about me maybe getting a manager, manager right? job. You, yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. He got, like, he got interviewed to be the manager. Oh, the you got interviewed. Not, not like not like formally, but it was like, hey, hey, hey! On this podcast, we lie. <laughs> you interviewed for the manager job, right? <laughs> yeah, just I just missed it. Charlie yeah, just beat just, me. You, yeah. just, you just weren't in the office. <laughs> so uh, Ross calls me right after I was with the big club in September last Who's year. Who's Ross? For Atkins, GM okay. of the Blue Jays, calls me and says, "Hey." Um, not sure if you know we're gonna formally interview you, but you know I'll be in touch and this and that. So uh, we'd love to have you up here in some capacity. Hang in there. Great. A couple, like a month goes by, um, and Gil Kim, who's our farm director, he said, "Hey, you're going back to uh, New Hampshire to manage next year." And I was kind of like, "Fuck." And I was like, "Not fuck, but like fuck." <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, "All right, it's cool." And it, he, I said, uh, "Kevin, you sure?" And uh, he goes, yeah, I said, any possibility for a big league job? And he said, well, I'm sure there, there may be. The staff hasn't finalized this and that. So a couple of weeks go Shoot by. Shoot your shot, man. Right? So, and, and that's where I knew. I was like, all right, there's going to be some coaching turnover. And, like, you hate seeing guys like Leap and DeMarlo and, and Dane go. But you mm-hmm. kind of knew that, like, at this point in, in my career, mm-hmm. this is kind of the spot that I want to jump into and get to the big leagues as, as a coach. So my wife's pregnant. Thanksgiving. Um, been in touch with Ross a couple times over the holiday, and uh, my wife goes into labor on a Sunday, gives birth to our second son on Monday morning, and um, so we're in the hospital, 
We're going home Tuesday morning. She stayed overnight one night. And uh, my phone rings on Tuesday. We're like about to get discharged from the hospital. So I got wife. I got screaming newborn. I got nurses. And my phone rings. And it's, it's a number I didn't really recognize. So I, I answered. It. it was a local 727. And it's Charlie Montoya. And I'm manager? Like, yeah, manager. He had gotten the job a few weeks ago, whatever it is. I said, hey. What's Never, I've, first time I've spoken to him. Never met him. And uh, offers me this job, this gig. I got shit flying everywhere, literally. Bad reception. I'm in a hospital. Oh, my no. kids screaming. So obviously say yeah. Ross calls five minutes later. A couple of guys call five minutes later. They make the announcement that night. Boom, it's public. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? So that's kind of new baby. So I go home and I'm like, Jess, uh, what are we doing? You still got the hospital wristband. <laughs> Seriously, right? And it's like, so that was that was how they told me. it was. I was in the hospital um, with our kid being born. So that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wait, a, never met Charlie Montoya, the manager? No. He took you onto the staff based on recommendations from the front office. And from other people, yeah. Because of your reputation that you've had over the years. Well, see, people, be nice. Be nice. You never know and play well with others, damn it. You know, exactly. it goes Don't a long be an way. asshole. Don't be an asshole. You know, and we talked about that. I and said, Charlie has so many friends over the years that he could have easily brought with him. Of course. My guy, of I want to make sure. Yeah, and it's him as a first-year manager. He's talking about appreciate pressure. the grind, you know what I mean? But yeah. 20 years as a minor league manager and then pressure to be to win now at the big league level and you know, he's got a dude like me who he didn't know. First thing I said to him was, I promise you I'm going to do everything that I can to make your job easier every single day. That was awesome. the first thing I said to him. So what did your wife, obviously she's in an emotional state because she just had her second son. I thought you were going to say because she's Cuban. but well, <laughs> That's a given. <laughs> we know. I mean, they eat the different kind of beans in the real Mexicans, you know. But anyways, uh, but she must be like, okay, yeah, happy. But at the same time, I don't give a fuck. Change that diaper right now. Yeah, she's first of all. I gotta say, she's tremendous. Like, she gets the game. She understands yeah. it. She listened to me, bitch. Like, I was pregnant for the month leading up to me not knowing where I was gonna be. Like, I was more <laughs> hey, of a mess than she the, was. Nobody ever asked about the dad. I, well, How's the dad doing? <laughs> no, but no, but me with work, it was like oh. all I talked about. And she's like, "Do you fucking realize? Like, I'm sitting here nine months pregnant over here, guy." And well, I'm yeah, like, but you're oh, not doing okay. anything. Looking back, my, but looking back though, I could have handled it way different. <laughs> when I, when was, my wife gave birth uh, about a month ago, he texts me. He's like. In our group text message with a few friends, he's like, I know Carl's doing well, but how are you doing, dude? I was like, oh, it was so <laughs> stressful. Dad, dad, love to. You know what I, I, said? Got, I got two kids. All these <laughs> you know what I said to her once? This is like a couple weeks after Grayson was born. She said something. I'm like, uh, I said, how you doing, babe? She goes, man, I'm all right. How you doing? I was like, man, I'm tired and like my back hurts. And she goes, you just said you're tired and your back hurts? Yeah, I don't know about that one. I was like, yeah, it's kind of a bad time. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, Even I want to, uh, yeah, all right. She's a gamer. She's a total gamer. She gets it. Um, couldn't do what I do without her doing what yeah. she does with the boys. Um, Is she going to listen to the podcast? I'm, I'm going to try to get her on. Tell her to fast forward to whatever minute yeah, we're yeah, on. Right. 101 is 101. where you want to get it. We no, love Cuba. Viva. Exactly. Celia. All right. <laughs> she's awesome. Uh, you know, it's, but she was like at the same time, like, all right, change the diaper. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Congrats on the job. Get your ass in the bed. So you, <laughs> back to the, the first day in the clubhouse. You don't remember what you're wearing. I think it was like, honestly, first day in the clubhouse in Toronto, I was wearing like Lulu khakis and a polo shirt. I didn't right. go big. You look like a coach. I so look like a coach. Schneid, you grew up a Yankee fan? Yeah. How special is it going to be when you walk into that stadium? That's going to be that's going to be cool. We oh, haven't be, done it yet. I haven't done it yet. Oh. No. You, I'm guessing you went to the old one, watched yeah. games there. Yep. Um, Have you been to the new one ever? As I, a fan, I, you know what? Probably I don't not. think. I think I have. Okay. I think I have because 
But not um, as a coach no, in the major no, leagues. It, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm, yeah. But it was like, I think when we were done the minor league uh, season, um, I'd be home in Jersey and you guys would be playing there in September. Mm-hmm. So I'd go, ca- I think I've caught a game okay. or two at the new one. Um, Just make sure when you get, get there, it, it, because it is special, regardless if it's new yeah. or not. I mean, it's still, it's still pretty special. And I think right. as a piece of advice, like when I got to come home here and play mm-hmm. in Anaheim, it was special for me in the sense that I kind of got to look around and I was like, wow, this this is what I work hard for. And I think the biggest advice I can give you is when you walk in there, fucking look around, dude. And just stand in the middle of center field and just be like, wow, and take, take it nap- all in. Take the napkins. Yeah. And take na- yeah, they have the little New York Yankee logo really? on them. I don't visiting, know if they do anymore. There, in the visiting clubhouse, him and Cece were talking about, the yeah, we, oh, they we let got you, show they napkins. Let you know, man. Really? Oh, they let, they're show. But I don't know if they still the do the napkins with the logo on them. What Let you know. This is our motherfucking Yeah. <laughs> let you know. And during BP, they don't play music. They play Yankeeography. <laughs> oh, well, they, they, try to, they, they do that in spring training. So you catch yourself looking. And yep. you, you start. They try to fuck no, with that you works. mentally. Yeah. 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 yeah, but I, it's I, like I said, I think I had heard of you before that you obviously grew up in a Yankee fan and all that. So that's probably going to be pretty special. So you're a rookie cool. now, right? Right. So how many people are going to ask you for tickets in New York? A lot. And now with the way it is, it's like you get taxed on it. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like hit Ticketmaster. <laughs> stuff up. It's like, game time. Game time. You go. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll hook them up. I'll hook up my family for sure. Um, Just one game after that. Yeah. Yeah. But it'll be. Let them know you don't have BP passes. Those are actually easier than tickets now. Yeah, they are. BP passes no, let are them easier. know, no. <laughs> Just your mom and dad, yeah, but everybody else, no, I don't get any. No. I'm sure it'll be a lot. You know, So like one day I'll have a lot of people there, and then the rest of the, rest of the time we're there, they can fend for themselves. Good, there you go. All right. Yeah. Let them all. Yeah, but it'll, it'll be cool for sure for my dad, who grew up a Yankee fan his whole life, mm-hmm. um, to kind of see me on that field. It's yeah. going to be pretty cool Is for Is your him. dad going to be wearing Yankee gear? No, I got him a jer- I got him a Schneider jersey already. Yeah, but he, he I, better be wearing a Blue Jay I jersey. I think Charlie should let you take out the lineup card. No. Could you imagine that? Like, that would, uh, hey, um, on a funny Sunday. funny story. PJ Pelletieri was telling us a story because I was like, "Hey, do you still uh, strap it on and catch bullpens or anything?" And he's like, "Dude, so this happened to me." He said he went. He's like, "Our catcher was uh, our backup catcher was in the pen." Uh, I think he said Gary Ch- Sanchez, I think, had just hit. Yeah. So he's like, who can go and catch, warm up the, the pitcher? Like on the field. On the field. Yeah, yeah. So Yankee Stadium, he says he goes out. Give it to me. I'm fine. Gets the glove, and it's Severino. Oh, He said boy. he went like, what, 97? First pitch cut. 97 off the shin? Off the ankle. Off the ankle. Severino gave up like two or three, and they said, you're never catching ever again. <laughs> oh, my God. That is – talk about nightmare. Holy shit. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like me and PJ are like the same guy. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, yeah you guys are doing great. Yeah. Pretty similar story. Hey, yeah. PJ and him take out the lineup card. That's what should happen. That's, there yeah, you go. The that Let's Go good. Ricky Rowe podcast lineup card. Ricky Rowe. Yes. yes. The two minor league grinders. You should talk to oh, PJ man. and be like, hey, let's, let's get this set Both up. Both these guys Sick. on the show, Bird. Right, when you get on the show, Bird, for the first time, what do you think? Uh, that was last year in September, and we weren't even on like the good one. We were on the one with like the three and the. We weren't even. Oh, you got like, called up for last year? Last year, just for like two weeks. So I did one show flight last year from Toronto to Tampa. That's the okay. last trip of the season, and I walked on and had like my you know the seat has your name on it, and oh. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. And I I don't know if they did it on purpose, but my row was right in back or. I don't know. Right here was all the appetizers. So I'm like, you're putting the fat kid right by all the food on a show flight. Hey, but do the coaches have to go through the same thing as the players when you're a rookie where you're 
you just sit there. Somebody tells you to get a beer. You got to do all that. No, no, coaches. No, it's different. It's kind of like, you know, you're all kind of here. And I think, I mean, like for me, though, I still have that like. But you can't eat all the appetizers, though. No, if Pete Walker, who's been here longer than me, or Louis Rivera, or Charlie Montoyo, or these guys, if they say like. I'm not gonna fucking say no. Okay. You know I mean? If I was there, if I was still playing there, I'd be like, Snipes, go get me a beer, fucking rook, fucking rook, <laughs> 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 fucking rook. It comes full circle, fucking piece. Seriously, eighteen-year-old Schneider in uh, New Jersey. If you were to meet him right now, what would you tell him? I would say, um, stay humble. I would say, um, life's hard, and I would say. Think of others before you make choices, which kind of sounds a little bit deep, but I think that as a young kid, um, you know, as an athlete, as a guy who's had success, you know, a lot of things are just kind of, they just happen for you. And I think that over the course of from 18 years old to where I am now at 39, the, the struggle that you have, both whether it's a physical, you know, mental, emotional part of it, where shit's hard. Um, so keep that at the forefront of your mind for sure. Damn. I, I love that question, that's man. We, that's, a, that's an awesome question. We, we asked because I was a co- guest. Yeah, that's how we kind of. I was a cocky son of a bitch, you know. It was just and well, that's, even, we, we all were. Yeah, I was even when I started uh, managing and coaching. It was like, oh shit, I'm 29. I got the world by the balls as a yeah. coach, youngest guy, and hey, da, da, da. and it's like life in this game will humble you in a second, you yeah. know. Um, as we say, the baseball gods know. They're they watching. always they always know, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's yeah. that yeah. I would say that to me, like stay humble. Keep your head down and, and think of others before you think that your it's shit doesn't a, stand. Everybody we've had on the podcast has gotten to reach their dream. And <clears throat> we always ask them that question. And it all it came organically. So we didn't know what we were doing the podcast. That's a cool question, yeah. And we were, we drove to Arizona. We get five episodes of spring training. We had an idea of how to do the show, but not really. And then we just asked one out of nowhere. Then Richmond was the first one, great one. Then Travis Snyder. I'm like, Dick, and we Rick, keep, we're and we keep getting The best thing we keep getting out of it is inspired. Yeah. People say that. That's the first thing they say. And I think that's... That's pretty cool when you hear something like that because I, I'm more interested in you guys telling your story, your grind, and knowing that it took a lot of hard work to get there. It yeah. wasn't just, you know, like I said, a clean path. It was there was a lot of bumps and 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 bruises along the way. And uh, and like I said, man, I couldn't be happier for you. I'm I'm so happy that you're do, doing your thing and in the big leagues, and you know, you reached that goal of of, uh, of being up there and. Hopefully we see you managing one day, and that would be the icing on the cake, I feel like. And like I said, don't forget about me. Um, (laughs) I'll be uh, – my my phone will be uh, ready. (laughs) Bullpen coach. That's too much work. (laughs) No, it's not. What do they do? Answer the phone. Answer the phone. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's some work, but (laughs) but it's like like Mike Harkey talking about it in the R2C2 episode. He's, you know, get to know your players. And I think that's where you, like, the the, the best part probably as a manager, when you get to know your players, he's like, like, don't come in here and be that asshole coach that's telling guys what to do. When you get to know your players on a personal level, they're more, they listen to you more. They want to know what you're all about and and they take directions a lot better. And I think that, that, to me, that's what I miss. That's what I want to do. You know, I want to help out young players. I want to help guide them. You know, that's why... You know, I have good relationship with Sanchez and I try to like say, hey, this is what I saw. This is what I, you know, whatever it is, you know, and 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 that's the part I miss, you know, the, the teaching part of it. Exactly. It's the whole thing. It's like and like you're talking about, you can tell players they don't care what you know until they know that you care. You yeah. know what I mean? So you can sit there. Can say that again? They don't care what you know until they know that you care. Mm-hmm. So they don't, you can be I the guy that comes sure, in right? and like. 
you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. But it's like, shut up, dude. You don't you don't give two shits about me. You don't know anything about me, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you take the time and, and get to know that person, not just the player, and then you can share some insight, like you said, if you're talking to Sanchi, if you're talking to someone, hey man, yeah, this dude cares about me. I'm gonna listen to what the hell he's saying. Yeah. You know? So as a coach, as a manager, especially, that's the way you got to do it. Yeah, because when we were when we were coming up, you always you know we ran into managers that maybe we didn't agree with, mm-hmm. but it's like they were not interested in knowing who we were personally. Right. It was like, I'm going to tell you what to do, and this is what you should I'm do. Because I'm in fucking charge. Yeah. It, that's the biggest thing I learned was, like, managing and coaching. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not about us. Yeah. It is always about the player. You know what I mean? So the minute you put yourself in front of the player, just get out. And the best part is you did it. You lived it. You know what it's like. You know what the grind is like. So you're able to relate to these players. Right. And I think that goes a long way. It does it definitely does then when they know when i when you can literally say like hey i've been worse than you believe me you know i've been over 40 i wasn't that bad but i've been over a lot you're like i get it like i know this shit's hard i'm not gonna sit here and tell you you suck because i know this game's really hard yeah yeah i gotta keep that close to you well once again dude we really appreciate you coming on Thanks for having me, man. This no, is cool. No, I told you it wasn't a real baseball. I battled through the hangover a little bit from the show flight. <laughs> hey, that's you never hung over from Johnny Walker Blue. <laughs> True story. Just, just stay but it, it, yeah. like I said, really proud of you, man. And Thanks, Rick. We'll be uh, rooting for you, and uh, obviously watching every step of the way. And you know, hopefully, like I said, we get to see you at the next, which is the next level of. Uh, it's you're you're there now, but ne- next level would be hopefully managing. You know what you just did? You, had, you gave some young coaches that are listening right now. Uh, advice, some hope, and they're going to be so delusional to think that they can become a, man- a coach or manager. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if, you're, you're right, if you're listening, it's just this easy. This right podcast here, yeah. is for those of you that are on the 18-hour bus rides in the athlete league. It could happen to you. There you go. Yeah. John Schneider, uh, you don't have social media, and if you do, we don't want you to follow you because you should be managing. You should be coaching. You should right? be taking care of things. I got social media. My wife my wife does all that stuff for me. Oh, that, oh, oh you, have a, you have a you have a She staff? created it, yeah. She, no, she created it. Well, I, we, I, we, I we, won't, we won't. We Twitter, won't Instagram, I don't tweet, but I just kind of have it. Yeah. Oh, do you want to promote it? No. Good. There okay, you go. Yeah. His uh, name is Schneider. Don't follow him. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, I didn't know what you were doing there. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, never mind. <laughs> See, that's, okay, a, that's a cool uh, Go follow him on Instagram at <laughs> Schneids Don't Tweet. <laughs> Johnny Walker Blue, sponsor me. Appreciate it. John Schneider, uh, what number do you wear in the big league? 17. Oh, you got a real number. Right? Look at this. Know. That's what I said right 17, away. 17, show number. And you know, a lot of times, really 17. quick, a lot of t- a lot of times managers don't like wearing their jerseys, but he wears it. I wear it every, hey, every day. You know what's cool? Our whole staff does. And I always said, like, always wear your jersey because you never know when that shit's getting taken away from you. 100% I agree so with don't, that. So don't wear a pullover. Unless it's, you know, it's cold, throw a hoodie on. But, like, if you get a chance to wear the uni, even Husky, if, even if you're special, a little husky man. like me. Honestly, you walk into that big league clubhouse, you see Schneider, a locker, a big league locker. Every day, bro. It's special. Every day I walk in, I'm like, yep, there it is. Yeah. Hey, did you take a picture of your locker to send to your wife? Yep. (laughs) 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 Got me. (laughs) As you should, Josh, I appreciate it.